Where's everybody? Good, good. Okay, I'll take that, I guess. It is springtime, after all. Are we excited it's spring? Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. I'm so pumped about that. Well, we are finishing our rep, we are continuing our series on In His Steps as we get prepared for Easter, and we're going to talk about always praying this morning. I want to invite you to go ahead and open your app up if you don't already. If you're a note taker, this sermon is for you. There's a lot of notes in here, so it's going to be a fun one. Uh, so I hope that as we dig into Jesus praying that we are deeply enriched by his model for us. And I want to take a, a very big look before we dig into some specific verses at the whole of John chapter 17. And John chapter, chapter 17 is the prayer that Jesus prays at the end of his sermons with the disciples. He knows what is coming, and so he turns to intercede to the Father on behalf of the disciples. He has walked with them. He has taught with them. He has earned their trust, and so now he knows he needs to pray. He needs to pray for the disciples, and that's exactly what he does. So we're going to dig into this prayer, take a big look at the forest before we get into the trees. And so the first thing that Jesus prays for is himself and the Father in this prayer. He prays for himself and the Father. He prays for God's glory. Jesus needed to stay in union with the Father in order for God's plan to be done. He needed to ensure that he was in the will, so he sought out the Father's presence. Now, you've heard that saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think that Jesus prays for himself here is letting us know that we have to do the same thing. We have to pour out ourselves of our struggle, our hurt, our anxiety, our sin, so that we can fill ourselves up with God, so that we can fill ourselves up with his love and his wonder and his goodness, so that God's glory can be revealed, just as Jesus prayed for it to happen in his life, so that it would happen in our own lives. Next, Jesus prayed for his disciples. And there were twofold requests in this prayer that he prayed for his disciples. First, that they would stay centered in him. He knew he was leaving them. He knew he wasn't going to be with them physically as he had been all that time, so he needed them to stay centered in the teaching, in the witness, in the truth of what he had taught them in his life, his death, and his resurrection. He needed them to stay centered in Christ, to stay grounded in his love. And secondly, the second portion of that is he prayed for protection for them from evil, that they would be sanctified in God's truth. Brothers and sisters, we have to pray for one another. We are in a spiritual battle. We have to pray to be set apart from this world because evil is lurking at every corner in every moment. Because we pray, that doesn't make it more real. What happens is we become more prepared. And we become more prepared through God's strength and through God's protection. And we're able, one another, supporting one another, encouraging one another, and praying for one another to get through that spiritual battle. It won't be easy, but we'll have gotten through because God has been with us in that. So we pray for those in our small groups, in our life circles, in our communities, and for our church, little c. The third thing he prays for is himself, his disciples, and the world. Jesus brings it all together here. The glory um, that he is going to bring to the Father through his death and resurrection, what that would mean for his disciples, and what that would mean for the future of the church, big C. So we have to pray for God's church, 
Jesus' bride. And we pray for it in three ways. The first way is through unity with one another. We know we can look at all the many divisions of the big C, how there are so many different denominations, there are so many different religions out there, there are so many different buckets of Christianity. And it's hard to pray for folks that we may theologically disagree with. But Jesus does hear. We have to follow. We have to pray for one another. Because when we are sharing the gospel, we have to hope and ensure that everyone, as many as possible, are going to be touched with that message. So we pray for one another. We do that also through mission. We pray for God's church to be revealed through serving through living out his love through action, not only within the church, but outside the church. It's so important in both places. Have, has anyone ever been to a church where you haven't been spoken to the whole time you were there? You walked in, you came to service, and you left, and nobody said a word to you? That is really, really hard. And I know COVID makes this really, really difficult because, well, everything's weird in COVID world. But friends, we have to extend our love within these walls. We have to let people know we are so glad they are with us, that they are worshiping with us, that they are loved. we got to get it right here so that we can get it right out there. And then the third way is through unity. We pray for unity through and with Christ. And this is the most important and vital union that we pray for. God, be with us, keeping us in union with each other, centered in you. When the big C, the church, loses its connection with God, it's no longer the church. God is our purpose. It is why we are living. It is why the church was born. And so I know that this was a very nitty-gritty overview of 26 verses and a prayer. But I would love for us now to practice it. So we're going to take a few minutes as Kyle plays for us, and we're going to pray in this way. For those of you who are here, I want you to get in whatever prayer posture you need to get in to really pray. If you want to kneel, I know these floors are hard, then you kneel. But you do whatever you got to do to pray in the way that you pray. For those of you watching online, this is not your opportunity to get some stuff done. Not that anyone does that ever. I'm not calling anyone out. This is a time for you to pray with us. We are a community connected together through God's Spirit. And when we pray together, especially a prayer that Jesus has already prayed on our behalf, and he is still interceding for us, wow, powerful things are going to happen. So let's take a few minutes now and pray this prayer together.
hands. Shout it out. I want to hear it. How'd that make you feel? How was that? Peaceful. Good. What else? Put you on the spot. For those of you online, I know you can't shout at me, but Pastor Stephen is with you every week, and I want you to drop him a note uh, for how that was for you. Uh, I just feel like there's such power in this. There's such power whenever we pray together as a community and we pray purposefully with the same intent, with the same model. And Jesus gives us this, and we have the Lord's Prayer, and that's beautiful to say together, but this is a deepening of that. And so I want to challenge us as we go through the week, as we begin to emerge out of this past year and what that's going to look like, let's pray this every single day. This was three-ish minutes. We can do this. We can do this together every single day, and we're going to see God move in big ways for this church, our community, and for the world. Let's think big and bold. So I want to visit uh, verses 20 through 26 to take a little dig into these verses to the last portion of the prayer. If you would, let's say these verses together out loud. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Oof, that's six verses of that prayer, y'all. This is good stuff. So this third segment of the prayer is when Jesus prayed for himself, the disciples, and the world, the whole entire church. And he does it in this order for a specific reason. Jesus knows that in order for God's glory to be fulfilled, in order for his will to be done, Jesus first has to complete the plan the Father has for him. He first has to finish out his life. He has to die on the cross and be resurrected for the disciples to be able to share and proclaim and witness that truth. And then the church will be born. Without Jesus, there is no church. So Jesus knows he's got to be in line first. Jesus knew his best shot at completing God's plan was to stay in prayer with the Father. And Jesus also knew the same would be true for his disciples and for us. You know, y'all remember, I think back on whenever a light bulb came off for you and you were in that moment and you discovered who Jesus was, and it was just this huge feeling of, I need more. I love him so much. I need all the Jesus I can get. And so we're like infants drinking all the milk, all that we can possibly get. But then, you know, you, that wears off a little bit. You, you learn a little bit more. You become a little more confident. And then you begin to think, oh, I can do things on my own. I can use my own strength. I can love in my own way. I can still do the Jesus thing without, you know, Jesus. 
But friends, if we are trying to live a life in the name of Jesus, we cannot forget about Jesus. And I know that may be the most obvious thing Ashley has ever said to you. It probably is. I went back and forth about whether to leave this in here. But when I share something with you, it's because God has said, you need to hear it, Ashley. And I needed to hear that because there are days for me where I'll just get so much stuff done. I'll be like, "Woo, that was a productive day. All right. And then I lay in bed and God goes, <clears throat> and I realize I didn't center myself in Christ that day. I, I don't even know if I prayed, but I did all this stuff that I thought was good. And I, I've talked to so many people, but not once did I pray for them. Not once did I say, God, can you help me with this? Can you do this? Can you go before me? Can you prepare their hearts and prepare mine so I will stop wigging out over it? Can you be here? He reveals those things to us whenever we let him. When we look to the life of Jesus, we know we cannot do this life as professing believers of Jesus Christ without prayer. And there are two very important pieces of Jesus' prayer here that I want us to dig into. The first is from verses 22 and 23. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Have loved them, even as you have loved me. Jesus is saying here, God the Father loves us, loves you, me, as deeply as he loves his own son, Jesus Christ, who was perfect. Do we really believe that? Do we really live in that truth? Maybe, sometimes. But then life happens, struggle hits, hurt happens, Sin overwhelms, grief hits us, guilt strikes, shame embeds itself in whatever it is that we have in our minds, and then we forget. We don't allow, allow God's truth to fuel us. We allow our truth to fuel us. But even in the midst of all that hurt, shame, and sin, Jesus still loves us. God still loves us. His love never changes. In Celebrate Recovery this past week, we were doing a lesson on sanity. It was lesson four in the steps that they have. And Johnny Baker, who's the son of the late John Baker, um, the creator of Celebrate Recovery, was sharing the why portion of sanity, which is your higher power, Jesus Christ, loves you just as you are. Just as you are. 2,000 years ago while he was on that cross, he saw you, your sin, your ugly, whatever struggles you're dealing with, whatever hurts, habits, and hang-ups you are, he did it for you. He loved you. He loves you. So later on, whenever we give our life over to Christ and we decide to walk in that way, he doesn't love us more. He loves us still. It doesn't matter how good we behave. It doesn't matter how bad we behave. His love never changes. But that love does not give us an excuse to do whatever, whenever, wherever. Yes, God's love for us never changes, but he hates sin. And that doesn't change either. It's 
look at uh, verse 24. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Let's talk about desire. And now y'all been on the edge of the seats wondering what I'm going to do with this. Y'all ever been to the beach or in a pool and you don't have a float handy so you try to do on a beach ball? Just me? I'm the only dumb one in the room? (laughs) That works out really well, doesn't it? (laughs) We usually flop off, feet in the air, (laughs) going under the water, which is not what we wanted to do in the first place. But we try it. Friends, we were created in God's image. We were created for relationship with God. When we are trying to fill that desire with other stuff, we are this ball in the water. And what is this ball trying to do? Trying to come up, right? It's trying to rise out of the water because that's not where it's meant to be. And we aren't meant to be in there either, filling ourselves with whatever gunk, stuff, hobbies, practices that aren't good for us because you know what it's doing? It's keeping us from being who we are. The only thing that can fulfill that desire that we have embedded in who we are is God. God. We've got to let ourselves rise up to the top. We've got to let ourselves live as Christians to be in connection in deep relationship with God because that is what fulfills our desire. And Jesus has a desire to be with us. He said it in that, so they may be with me. The love he had for his disciples, the love he has for each of us, creates in him a desire to be with us. And when we know that, when we allow that love to transform us, then we get it. Oh yeah, I've been under that water like a crazy beach ball trying to get to the top, and I need to be with God. And the main essential way we do that is through prayer. Through prayer. We have to pray. Jesus prayed. And sometimes my ego will hit me and go, I don't need to pray. Oh my gosh. Jesus, the Lord of this world, almighty God, prayed to the Father because he needed God's presence. And so do we. It's time for God's church to stop making excuses. It's time for us to stop allowing things to be more important. To stop saying we don't have time to stop thinking someone else is going to do it. And don't get me wrong, there are people who have a very special spiritual gift of prayer. If y'all have ever come around one, you know. If you you are one, you know. It's a gift. But that doesn't mean each one of us aren't called to pray and to pray deeply with God. Jesus died so we would have a direct line to the Father through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We need to take advantage of that. Prayer is the foundation of our relationship with Christ. It is how we confirm our faith. It is how we become to believe who we are through Christ. And it is how God lets us know we are called to live as disciples in his world. And when we pray, a cool thing will happen. What begins to happen is transformation through relationship and revelation with Jesus. And we began to realize it's not about the world changing. It's not about them changing, they, it, 
those people, it becomes about you changing, us changing. You realize God is already at work and has been the entire time. He's just been waiting for you to join him. Let's pray. Father God, what an honor it is that you love us so much, that you hear us, that you seek us, that you desire to be with us. And God, you thought everything through. You sent your son who not only died and resurrected and gives us grace and hope and freedom from our sin, a promise of eternal life, but God, he modeled for us how to live. And with that, he has given us a direct line to you. And you are with us. You are within us. You hear our prayers. And you will move because of our prayers. There is power in this. God, we pray as we continue to worship you, as we leave this place today, that you will remind us in every way that we need to stay centered in you through prayer. God, help us to realize how important it is so that we can be the people you've called us to be, so this world can know the great love that you have for us. And God, we love you in return. What a blessing. And we lift these things to you, God, in Jesus' holy, precious name.